Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Episode 158, Roth IRAs Explained. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are sharing with you our absolutely awesome interview with Barbara Ginty of Financial, the Future Rich Podcast. She is an amazing, amazing certified financial planner, just like puts everything really understandable terms mm-hmm. and doesn't make you feel dumb for not knowing what you don't know yeah it can be really hard especially when you get it's hard to get really smart people on the podcast because they're so smart it's hard for them to relate to everyone else mm-hmm. who's like light years away mm-hmm. yeah they they think the baseline is so far above yeah. and beyond what the baseline actually is mm-hmm. yeah but i think barbara does a really good job of like kind of explaining the basics, but also elevating them. She definitely covered some things that I wouldn't like, wouldn't be at top of mind for me to talk about. And I talk about like Roth IRAs every day. So I loved it. Mm -hmm. But first, we have to thank our sponsors for this episode. Our first sponsor is your emergency fund. So whether it's 500, 1,000, or 15,000, you need money set aside in case you're laid off or unable to work, or I mean for any other emergency expense. And keeping it in a high-yield savings account separate from your regular checking and savings lessens the likelihood of you actually spending it. So any high-yield savings account without fees or minimum balance requirements will do. Currently, we like Axos Bank for its lack of fees and impressive 0.61% APY, and there are no hoops to jump through to get that. Uh, and when you sign up for an account through frugalfriendspodcast.com slash Axos, you will support the show at no extra cost to you. So again, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash A-X-O-S. If you need a high-yield savings account for any reason, that's the one we like right now and a way for you to support the show. Also brought to you by the school bus. It was scary at first with all those competing questions. Will the driver see me? How do they get the door to open? Will I trip up the stairs? Where will I sit? 
And even though the worst case scenario to all of those questions does eventually happen, you know, the driver doesn't see you, you do trip, there's nowhere to sit. We figure it out until finally we're enjoying jawbreakers until our tongue bleeds, playing rounds of punch buggy in between trying to get truckers to honk at us from the back seat, you know, where the cool kids sit. The school bus, much like financial planning for retirement, it's scary at first, but soon enough, you know just where to sit and how long you can sleep in until you legit miss your ride. The school bus, anybody? School bus, yeah. I did mean, you ride the school bus, Jen? compelling. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I never sat in the back. I was always a middle, middle sitter. At least you figured out uh, where much to like, sit. Much like my life now, <laughs> I'm, I'm very much a middle sitter. <laughs> In anywhere I go. Like, I don't sit right in the front. I don't sit in the back. I'm very much a middle person. <laughs> Did you eat jawbreakers on the bus? No, I didn't. Oh, man, uh, do you remember just, those things? Like, the size yeah. of baseballs, and then you just keep licking? I'm not into licking things well, like that's that. that's probably good. Yeah, I prefer That's why chocolates. you sat in the middle. Yeah, I, I also prefer very average candies, too. Anyways, enough about candy. Let's talk about Roth IRAs. If you are interested in more, a few episodes you should queue up to play after this are episode 94. That's our Retirement 101 episode. We talk about kind of all of the tax advantage retirement accounts. And then we also have a recent episode, episode 146, Understanding the Stock Market with Bola Sukunbi. That one was really great. We went through a lot of like terms and stock market basics and also touched on how they relate to the retirement accounts. And in this one, we're very much deep diving into the Roth IRA. So get excited for Barbara. And uh, yeah, she's just she's an amazing podcast host, educator, certified financial planner. So smart. Very excited to share this interview with you. Let's get into it. Barbara, thanks so much for coming on to the show. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is a topic that we need to talk about for our listeners, of course, because I'm selfless like that, but also for (laughs) me because I am selfish like that. Uh, I will be just honest from the jump that I am a frugal friend. I am not a retirement expert. So I will shamelessly be the representative for all of our listeners who hear these words and have big old question marks. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna get rid of the shame, Barbara. And I know yeah. you're good at that because I've heard some of your podcast and <laughs> all of the people who are like, I don't know. Um, I don't know, maybe. And you're so sweet, you're so kind. Like, okay, well, we'll figure that out together. <laughs> I love it so much. That's what we're going to do with everybody yes. listening. We're you and Barbara and us. We're going to figure it out together. Yes. So let's and dive there, in. There, there are no bad questions. Oh, you're so Absolutely. kind. Except there are. There are some really bad questions and things that we should know already. But you know what? We don't. And and we better start learning. No. Today's the I think day. we only... I think the only bad questions would be like asking you about like your personal life, like intimate details of your personal life, Barbara. So um, (laughs) don't do that when you go to a financial planner. But beyond that, no bad questions about retirement. All right. Well done. We've leveled (laughs) the playing field. So that's where we're at. So Barbara, tell me some like intimate details about your childhood. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just kidding. What I really want you to do is tell us, so like define what is a Roth IRA and like how does it work? Sure. So we'll start real basic. I will say that the Roth IRA for people who listen to my podcast, I talk about it a lot as one of my favorite vehicles and it definitely is. And I, you know, but a lot of people don't know a lot about the Roth and how it works. So the Roth IRA is, so first we'll start with the word IRA, which is an individual retirement account. And so there are two types of individual retirement accounts. One is the Roth and the Roth version of it means you're putting the money in after tax. You're not getting a tax break today. As long as you leave the money in the Roth IRA for five years um, and you're older than 59 and a half, all of that money comes out tax-free. So that's really the high level explanation of it. Uh, we can make it more complicated from there, but let's start with the basics. So one reason somebody might do a Roth IRA versus a traditional IRA, which is the other sibling in the IRA area, which is the pre-tax when you're getting a tax break, is because you um, are in a lower, usually it's ideal to do it when you're in a lower tax bracket, right? Because you're not getting a tax break today, you're anticipating getting your tax break in, in the future, ideally after 59 and a half, right? When you're retired. And on all that money grows tax deferred. So meaning you don't pay anything on it while it's growing. And then when you go to take it out, when you're retired, it's totally tax-free, which is the biggest benefit of the Roth IRA. Yeah. I think it's that tax, that tax, like pre-tax, post-tax, like those words that kind of like trip people up, but they're not like, it's not a complex like Mm -mm. idea. It's just saying like, well, you're pre-tax, you're contributing pre-tax. That means like before income taxes are taken out? So the way to think about it is like the government is 100% your partner in everything, right? The IRS is always your partner for the rest of your life, right? We have a permanent partner here. <laughs> they never go away. Whether you want them or not. <laughs> Whether you want them or not, they are your partner. and They're going to be with you through thick and thin. Um, and so it's basically, when do you want to take that tax break? Do you want to get a tax break from your partner today? Or do you want to get a tax break from your partner in retirement? It's one, it's either you're going to have it now or you're going to have it later. So it's the most simple way to think about it. Yeah. Or, and I I think some people don't realize this, like if you invest like outside of like your tax advantage retirement accounts, like just in a regular brokerage, then you are getting no tax break from your partner on either end, No, which isn't necessarily bad, but like <laughs> why go there? Like why do Robin Hood before you can take advantage of your like tax-friendly ones. Yes, because the thing is, the IRS loves if you don't take advantage of the tax code, right? So I like to explain the tax code just like buying an airplane ticket, right? So when you get on an airplane, which no one's done in a while, but when we get back on airplanes, there will be a person on that plane that paid zero for that ticket, right? Because they used miles and they were strategic, right? And they paid nothing to be there. And then there'll be the other person who bought that ticket that morning and paid top dollar, right? Mm-hmm. That is exactly how our tax code works. It is up to mm. you to learn it. It's an adversarial relationship that we have with the IRS. It's up for you and it's your responsibility alone to learn how the tax system works and to understand it and to take advantage of it. Tax avoidance is perfectly legal and encouraged in our tax code. You just have to understand how our taxes work. Tax evasion is what they get you and where you go to jail. So we don't want to do that. Mm. Okay. But, yeah, you don't want to do that. But tax avoidance, so deferring taxation, taking advantage of the tax deferred accounts, taking a tax break today versus in the future, those are all encouraged in our tax code. And that's why I like to use the example of an airplane because everyone can relate to that usually with flying. 
is somebody was really strategic and got that ticket for $0. And there's probably another person that's on that flight that paid 500, right? Same way with the taxes. People are able to reduce their taxable income by taking advantage of, like you just said, retirement plans and, you know, not maybe doing a brokerage account because they're taking advantage of pre-tax and post-tax before, you know, with the Roth and traditional or work plan and Roth or whatever the combination is going to be. And so you're allowed to do that. That's called tax avoidance. It's perfectly legal. And I would say even encouraged with our tax code. Hmm. Amazing, Barbara. I love how you've <laughs> simplified that. <laughs> like, I, try. I can understand plane tickets. Yes, I'm following. <laughs> We're having a conversation about IRAs and I am following. Yes. <laughs> and the person who got the ticket for free planned like way in advance to like earn those points mm-hmm. and planned in advance to buy that ticket. So that's the, literally the same thing too yep. with the Roth IRA. Like the earlier you start, the better chance you have 100%. of avoiding the most tax liability. Yeah, exactly. The person who bought the ticket that morning is going to pay the most and they obviously planned the least. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not talked about enough, but I think one of the biggest advantages to being successful with your money is really time, which just means you're planning everything in advance. Yes. Because time gets you so many advantages that you really can't, you can't buy time, right? So if you or the person that got there in the morning to buy that plane ticket, well, that's the price, right? If you want the seat, that's the price versus the person that was strategic about airline miles and credit card points and everything, right? That time was invaluable. And it's the same thing with your retirement. The time is invaluable. Yes. And it's like when you have less money, you often have a little extra time. Usually, so I'm yeah. not saying people with, <laughs> with no money have a lot of extra time. I get it. But you do have at least the time horizon on your side. Correct. Um, even if you don't like have minutes in the day, mm-hmm. but you do have that like, you know, 20, 30 years like of just money that can be sitting there. Yeah. And that's where the magic really starts to happen. Because mm-hmm. mm. I like to say, so every 10 years is can be really valuable with your retirement money because if your money is earning 7.2%, it's doubling every 10 years. And the power of the double is incredible, right? Because that's where you go from, we'll just use big numbers to get the point across, but that's where you go from 400,000 to 800,000. And that's just with time and having the monies invested. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of money. <laughs> A lot of stuff we can do with that amount of money, especially when you're frugal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for more definitions and explanations, Barbara, can you explain to us just the simple differences between a Roth IRA and a 401k, why someone might choose one over the other or both? Or both. <laughs> so the big difference really is, so the IRA, remember, is an individual retirement account. Anybody can do it. A 401k is a work retirement plan, which a 401k, whether you have a 401k, you have a 457, stop me if I get too many letters, 457 or 403b, they're all just the area you find the description essentially in the IRS, you know, the IRC code, which is where they explain what they do. So a 401k is usually with big public companies. 403b is going to be usually hospitals or school teachers. 457 is going to be government workers. So we just think about IRA as one section, meaning you do it yourself, right? The DIY. And then the other section being what work is going to offer you. So usually with the work plan, especially with the 401ks, you have a Roth option. And then you also have your traditional option. The traditional works very similar to the traditional IRA in that the traditional, um, if you choose a traditional 401k, it's going to go in pre-tax. If you choose a Roth 401k, it's going to go in post-tax. 
So I would say the biggest difference between a Roth 401k and the Roth IRA is going to be when you're using the Roth component in a work retirement plan, work retirement plans have a much higher contribution level. So you can put, if you're under 50, 19500 to max out your 401k at work and do the Roth in that, where if you're doing a Roth IRA, the limit on that is going to be $6,000 if you're eligible. There's an eligibility requirement with the Roth IRA. If you earn too much, you're not eligible to do it at all. So with the 401k at work, not only is there no income limitation on it, there's also the availability to max it out at a much higher level. And then this is where we get to get a little farther into retirement. So just stop me. But with your 401k at work, when you do go to retire, we have this fun thing called RMD. Either of you heard of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Which is your re- no. Okay. Which is your required <laughs> minimum distribution. So basically the government says you have been deferring taxation on this account since you opened it. So let's just say you listen to the podcast and you know to open your 401k at the ripe age of 25 and you've been deferring it this entire time, right? There's been no tax while you're growing these investments. At 72, the government says to you, and they just rolled it back. It used to be 70 and a half, but they rolled it back to 72. At 72, you have to take a minimum amount out of your 401k. And that is determined by the lifetime factor table that the IRS puts out. Because, you know, why would we use a percentage? That would be too straightforward. So we use a factor table. Absolutely. Get online because everybody loves factors, right? Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to use a factor table? Yeah. Essentially, it works out to be like a little bit over 3%. So that's a, besides the contribution level, the income limits, the other big difference between a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA is the Roth 401k has RMD on it. The Roth IRA does not have RMD on mm. it. So you could pass on a Roth IRA like to your children and grandchildren, whatever. You don't have to use it if you don't you, want to. But you like, don't have to use it. It does not apply to the beneficiary. The beneficiary has a mandatory distribution. But you could roll your 401k over into a Roth IRA. I haven't, Roth 401ks haven't been around long enough. So as of now, it seems like you can take a Roth 401k and roll it over into a Roth IRA and avoid the RMD. But the government might catch on to that. (laughs) with like all good things yeah with all good things they usually like they want the rmd so they can change the rules i didn't see anything i haven't seen anyone do it now where they got stopped but roth 401ks haven't been around that long right the baby boomers are the ones taking the maximum rmds currently so Mm -hmm. the government's not missing out on money with the roth 401k at this point so maybe that would change on the road but i do think you can get away with that but i would give the disclaimer you should check with your financial advisor or cpa AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. 
oracle.com slash strategic. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Good Well tip. done, Barbara. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I think one of the questions I get asked a lot is like, I have an old 401k. Should I roll it into a Roth IRA? Because I hear so much about Roth IRAs. But like, that's why it's good to know the difference because it's not necessarily a good idea to roll a traditional 401k into a Roth IRA. Is that, I mean, in your professional opinion, like, is there ever a reason you would do that? So Roth conversions are their own animals. So if we were to take mm-hmm. a piece of paper and draw two lines down and have three columns, I would say you have your IRAs on like the left side. So traditional and Roth, you have your work retirement plans, right? 401k, 457, 403b, Roth or traditional. And then on the third side, the far separate side, and I would draw like big line around it would be your Roth conversions, which are totally different animal and have totally different rules. Mm-hmm. So the 401ks, it's a yearly contribution. Your year ends December 31st. Your Roth IRAs, the contributions are by tax filing deadline, right? So you can do, you know, if you're listening to this now, you can still make your 2020 Roth IRA contribution if you meet the eligibility for it. Um, Roth conversions are a totally different animal. Mm-hmm. So I do like Roth conversions. I like okay. them a lot. And I also like backdoor Roths, which is like a, another way to do it with your work plan, which we can get into. It's kind of a fun strategy. But sometimes it makes sense for people to take your 401k and roll it into a Roth. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. So there's a lot of variables because there is this thing called the pro rata rule, which you don't want to fall into. A nice way to describe the pro rata rule is if you put milk in coffee and then you try and take the milk back out. It's not easy to do that. Yeah. So once you mix money, so it has to be a very straightforward process to do the Roth conversion. So I'll give you an example of when I did one with my sister and it worked out perfectly. She had one 401k. It was the only investment she had. We put her in her, well, we, I put her in her 401k. She was totally oblivious. My poor sister never even had why. <laughs> it kind of sounds no- like my relationship with Jen. <laughs> I, <laughs> she just does things with my money and I'm like, I trust you implicitly. We yeah, have a podcast she was like- together. My sister never had Wi-Fi. They always stole it from like a coffee shop nearby. And the reason why was because I had her like putting money in her 401k. She was totally unaware that she could have had more money in her paycheck. But anyway, she went along with it. (laughs) And then um, when she quit her job, she decided she was going to go to law school. But obviously, she didn't have that plan. She first quit her job and moved home. And I made her work for me because uh, you can't just sit around and like do nothing while I'm running a family business. And then she decided she was definitely not going to do that the rest of her life and went to law school. So in the 401k, she had $60,000 when right before law school started. That's what she had accumulated in her 401k. Only investment she had was just the 401k. Went to law school, obviously in law school, was doing that full time, had no income. Law school was three years. I rolled her 401k every tax year, 20,000 from the 401k over into a Roth IRA. It ended up, I think, over the three years costing around like $700. My dad paid the tax bill for her because she had no money. 
I wasn't going to pay it. So my dad paid it. Um, <laughs> You've done enough. <laughs> I, I, I set her up with it. So. Exactly. Um, the key there was that she had no other accounts, right? So there was no, it was just the 401k to the Ross. It was very clean transaction. So we were not running into the pro rata rule, which is where it can get messy. The other key was that we didn't withhold anything for taxes. A very common question when you're making that transaction is, would you like to withhold for tax? It seems like a very prudent answer to say, yes, withhold something for taxes. I'm going to owe it. But under being under 59 and a half, she would have fallen into the early distribution, right? Hmm. Taxes and penalties. So you don't want to take anything out because you're she's too young. So we rolled the whole thing over 60,000 over the course of three years, fully 100% into a Roth now, you know, post law school. And with her age, what it'll be worth in her retirement, if it earns the 7.2% compounding interest, should be worth about 900,000, which will now be totally tax free versus 100% taxable had she, which she would have, because she didn't know about mm-hmm. it, just sat on it through law school and just left it in the 401k. Yeah. So it's a very powerful tool. It just has to be done in the right scenario so it doesn't cause a problem. Yeah. And that made sense for her because her income was like nothing zero. for those Liter- three years. Yeah. Literally zero. <laughs> okay. Sweet. So if your income Plus goes to zero. zero and for some reason, consult a financial planner about is that the backdoor Roth? Is that what they call no, that one? No, no that is a Roth conversion. Roth conversion. Okay. Yeah, Roth conversion. Which I always like to say, like with the government, you have to be careful about the wording. So mm-hmm. the word is conversion versus contribution. Different mm-hmm. rules for conversion versus contribution. But and so very often scenarios where that would apply um, to people would be um, going back to law school, going back to graduate school, taking time off to have a, a child or take care of a parent. Some people just take a year off of work, right? They're just burnt out and they're going to take a year off. That would be it. Or if you're starting a business and you're going to be in a low income year, you could plan for it, right? Like when I started, when I bought my business, which I thought meant I was going to have money initially wrong. Um, <laughs> that's a good time to do it too, when you're not making very much money. So there's a lot of opportunities throughout your life as long. So the way I like to think about it, it's like a get out of free jail card if you're playing you know, a game. So just keep that in your back pocket. If you know about, about it, you can play that card anytime down the road as long as you have the right situation. And you can plan for those situations. That's how you get the free plane ticket. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Planning. Yes. <laughs> Love taking those plane rides on points. Yes. All right. So what are some of the downsides of a Roth IRA because we love them, but that doesn't mean they are right for everyone. So I would say uh, a downside for a Roth would be the fact that you're not getting the tax break today. And some people need the tax break today. I currently don't live in New York City anymore, but I did. And so when you're living, for instance, in New York City, you're paying New York State, you're paying New York City, and then you're paying the feds. So you're paying three taxes. So and I didn't live like, great. I'm not in New York City anymore. I'm in a lower tax bracket from that situation. So a Roth wouldn't have made sense for me there, right? I'm paying three taxes. I don't pay those three anymore. So it doesn't always make sense from a tax standpoint. You have to see where you are tax-wise. Also, one of the downsides with a Roth IRA, not to talk about the 401k here, is there are those income limitations. So not everyone qualifies for them. So it just depends on your tax situation to see what is going to be in your best option. And the other thing to remember is it doesn't have to be one or the other. It's not black and white. So I like to try for most people, I think trying to take advantage and have a little bit in each of the different buckets is ideal because it gives you more optionality. And I really like optionality because you don't know 
everyone's like, oh, well, if you know where you're going to be in the future, I mean, I don't know where I'm going to be in 30 years. Most people don't. And we don't know where the taxes are going to be in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably higher, but it would be great to think maybe they'll be lower. So there's so many variables we don't know. So I really like the idea of giving yourself options and just trying to take advantage of all the different aspects of retirement planning. And then that way you have a little bit of everything. Um, And then you can just do more in one or the other, just depending on what your tax situation is. Nice. Yeah, I think well said. And I know you've mentioned, Jen, too, in the past. I'm sure, Barbara, you would echo the same that it's a low annual limit, like $6,000, even if you are eligible to contribute per year. Although I just learned to show you literally I'm throwing myself under the bus here. I didn't realize that both my husband and I could open our own Roth IRAs separately. Right. I know. I know. I'm I'm putting myself out there because I am fully imagining I'm not the only one. Like you take small steps and it's like, okay, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing good. Look at me. I'm a millennial, like thinking like forward thinking and not, not knowing everything about it yet. So I'm just sad that I never made that known to you. I I I think you did. You did tell me, but it wasn't, it was like a couple months ago. And that was the first I was like, (laughs) Oh, this world <laughs> is open to me. So yeah, six thousand dollars per person. But if you're married, you know, then you're talking twelve thousand a year. And depending on what you make every year, that's you know a significant chunk of money. And the thing to remember, if you're married and maybe you're a stay-at-home parent, is you could do what's called the spousal Roth, meaning you don't have to because you have to have earned income to do it. But if you're married and one spouse isn't working, the other you can qualify for the earned income by being married. So meaning one spouse can be staying at home and have no W-2 earnings and you can both contribute in separate accounts. That's the other thing. Sometimes people think they, I'll give you like the most misconceptions I see with Roth. People will think it's 6,000 for both. So you can do 12,000. You can do six in an IRA and six in Roth. Like, no, it's 6,000, whatever combination you want to do. And then the other misconception I get is that um, if as a married couple, the 12, the six between each can go into one of the accounts. So it could be just in your husband's name or just in your name. It has to be with retirement accounts. It's tied to your social security. They always have to be separate. Mm-hmm. Cause I've had people ask that they're like, well, I just want it. It's I want it all in mine. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. We have to separate the <laughs> my social but we're security. Married. We love but each other. Married. Let's just stir it all together. <laughs> yes. I, I take care of it all. It's all going to be in my account. I'm like, no, we can't do it that way. <laughs> nice try, Susie. Yeah. It, I mean, you would, you would want, I can see how you'd want it to be in one account because then compound interest can like maybe like work for you faster more than if you have like a little bit spread into like a bunch of different accounts. But yeah, it's definitely good for individuals to have their own investments. That's a good thing. The reason why with retirement accounts is it's all tied to your social because it ties back to the required minimum distribution, right? So that's how they're tracking it, right? They want to track that you're taking out. Even though the Roth doesn't fall under it, they still it still gets open and structured just like a retirement account. Mm-hmm. Barbara, you are a financial goddess and <laughs> you have so much knowledge. Honest to goodness, if I were to think like, who do I admire? It is like CPAs and accountants, these detail-oriented people who study 
very, in my estimation, boring things for the betterment of those around them. Like your level of detailed knowledge is amazing to me. I'm just going to be honest. I'm probably will never get there. I will never be at your level, but that's okay. It's okay to have unattainable goddess status. Uh, For those of us like myself... Well, I will say that you, you don't have to know, I have to know like all the, like all the little bits and pieces, right? Because I just depends who I'm talking to, what's going to fit for them. So I have to like know all of it to see how it works. As long as you understand like the basic concepts, that's perfect. Like that's what people just need to know basic concepts just so they can know, okay, I feel like this might be an opportunity where I can take advantage of something. And then you just contact like your accountant or a CFP and then they can guide you through the rest of it. It's just so that you can kind of be on the team and just be aware of like, okay, I have, I'm switching jobs and taking a year off. This is an opportunity for me to take, be proactive and take advantage of my finances. So as long as you just have those like instincts to say, okay, this is an opportunity for me. You don't have to know all the details because you know, the other part that's crazy about this is the details and the laws around it change, I would say almost yearly. Uh-huh. So even if you learned it this year, it doesn't mean it's going to work next. <laughs> doesn't mean next year's going to uh. be the same. What a powerful concept where you're just like, you just have to know like the basics and kind of like, know you don't know what you don't know. So like mm-hmm. kind of just knowing what you don't know and like knowing, okay, I might have a chance to do this. Then you know when to seek out somebody who yep. does know. Like yep. you don't have to be responsible for the knowledge of everything. Mm. You just have to know who to go to, and yep. when mm. to go to them. Mm. And knowing when is so powerful because you save so much money versus like, oh, I just don't want to take the time to learn anything, so I'm going to pay for somebody to do it the whole time. Yeah. No, you can take a little time to learn the basics yep. and then like hand it over for the more complex things. Yeah, you just want to be an active participant. You don't have to be mm-hmm. the one like driving the bus, you just want to be on the bus and be aware that you're taking a trip, but you don't have to be like doing directions or anything else. You just want to be on the trip is the way I would describe it. And, and so then the thing to know is anytime there's usually a life change happening, whatever the life change is, buying a house, getting a new apartment, getting a new job, those are usually windows of opportunity in your personal finance life. So that's just always be aware whenever there's a change, positive or negative, losing your job feels negative, it could be really positive for your personal finances. So anytime there's one of those life changes, that's when I would say it would be a good time to reevaluate your personal finances. And then absolutely just talk to the, an expert so they can guide you through whatever the rules are at that time. Mm, Barbara, you had me at basic. <laughs> You always have Jill. You have me at basic. Take it back to the basics. Yeah, I can do that. I can understand that. I won't be an expert on all the details, and especially not if it's going to change on me every year. But I think that that is part of the the frugality piece of this. Of how do we plan for retirement? How do we be mindful and good stewards? And yeah tell our money where to go in the right ways <laughs> and not overpay, but also recognize where our own limitations are, that we can do some upfront work. And then like you said, Jen and you, Barbara, recognize when to bring somebody else in to kind of help make some of these decisions in the best way possible. Speaking of basics, Where would you recommend, Barbara, someone to go to open up a Roth IRA if they're like, all right, let's take one step at a time. This is the first step. What should they do? 
Well, I'm, I'm fully licensed, so I can't recommend a specific location. But because um, we have a lot of rules. So if you have a CFP or you're licensed, which I'm both, we can't give a lot of information, which is probably why when people see us on podcasts or shows, we're very vague. And it's not because I want to be vague, but for all the compliance <laughs> That's so good officers. to know that because yeah. no, not a lot of people know that. And it's so sad. Like, you know the most. You know so much. Yet you're so regulated in what you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's sad, but. Yeah, I'm super, super. People have no idea how regulated. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not allowed to text message. My home address is like public information because apparently that's good for the public, not good for me. Yeah, there's like so many like font size rules. There are so many rules. <laughs> it is uh, like the compliance manual is like. <laughs> I'm like, it's on page 484, section 45A. And I'm like, what? So you mean when I'm in Utah, I can just like show up at your house and I know, try, I probably try and get this that. specific information? Because <laughs> yes. you know she's going there. Yes. Yes. So better yes, gotta check out the salt where to find flats that. and might as well just look up Barbara while I'm there. Maybe do some charcuterie and get the deets on where to open my Roth. So you can open them at any financial institution. I will say that you would want to check with a financial institution where you would be happy with the investment. So because remember, the Roth is just the vehicle. It's not the investment. So I would look if you're interested in doing a Roth, I would look for a financial institution that you are happy with their investment selection. So when you open it, then you have the investments you want to put in it there. Yeah, that's super important because you will find like brokers. And I think this is pretty common in like, 401ks and 457s and stuff like that, where there's maybe like three or four options. That's all you get. And then you look at other places and there's like 400. So that makes a huge difference. Yes. And the reason for that is because with your work retirement plan, the company chooses who's going to be their administrator, who's going to run that plan. And they choose, I like to call the menu, right? Those are your investment options, what the choices are. They choose those for you. They have that responsibility to put that together. When you're doing an individual, you know, an IRA, an individual retirement account, you can choose wherever you want to open that, whatever institution. So I always say I would just align it with what the investment choices. Because you don't want to open one, let's say, at investment company ABC, and then you don't like investment company ABC's investment options, right? So you should have opened it with investment company, you know, DF, and then you like those options better. Mm-hmm. So you want to investigate what the investment options are. But yeah, within an individual retirement account, it's your choice 100% wherever you want to open it. I love that because then you can really control like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, do I like this one with the lower fees or this one Mm -hmm. with the even lower fees? Or do I like the robo advisor that like does it all for me? Or do I want to like create my own portfolio? I love the Roth IRA for that, that it gives you total control. And it can seem intimidating because you have so much control. But like Barbara said before, like, you know the basics, and then if it gets too complex, then you can seek somebody out with like more knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of total control and your choice and the best time of the week, it's the, the bill of the week. Right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. 
Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Barbara, every week we invite our listeners, or in this case our guests, to share with us their favorite bill for this week. And I know you have one for us and we are excited to hear it. I'm excited too because, you know... um, a lot of times I focus so much on other people's finances. I forget to like look at my as closely. So I was doing a podcast. We we're talking about refinancing and I got off the podcast and I was like, I should refinance. And so I just refinanced. So my first mortgage payment is on Friday and I refinanced to a much lower rate. And then also because the difference wasn't dramatic, it's, I think it ended up being a hundred dollars more a month than I was paying. I cut 10 years off the mortgage. So I'm saving over the course of the mortgage, I'm going to save like 180000 by refinancing and lowering the number of years. So I was like pretty stoked. Oh, wow. I never get to see what I do. Yes. yes. Here's your wow. opportunity. Oh, we refinanced this uh, in 2020 and it felt so good. Seeing that six-figure number, it's like this is how much you're going to save on the cost of this house. Yes. It's so amazing. Well done, Barbara. We just bought a home. Thank you. We're, we're a few years out from the refinancing process, but I am celebrating with you. How exciting. You. It's yes. it's so interesting how even increasing a bill can be exciting for what the long-term benefit is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well done with that I, future thinking. I know because it was a short, so it's basically I'm giving up a hundred bucks a month to save 180000 which is crazy. I'll take that all day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if any of you all out there is listening and you want to submit your bill, whether it's about refinancing or something completely different, just your friend named Bill, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. Excited to hear it. Today's bill is brought to you by another podcast. If you like podcasts, you'll definitely want to subscribe to Frugal Living. It's sponsored by Brad's Deals, one of the longest running deal sites on the internet. And it's chock full of savings hacks, financial tips, and stories on how to live better for less. They just started their second season and they're covering a variety of topics you can easily apply to your own lifestyle, like the best times to buy TVs or flowers love flowers and how to safely shop online to avoid scams because scams still happen. You'll even meet a food waste warrior who talks about dumpster diving. Ooh, Travis would like that. Ooh, yes. And you'll hear from consumers just like you as well as industry experts breaking down unique and different ways to shop smarter, which you know we absolutely love. Frugal Living is hosted by Jim Marcus, an editor of Brad's Deals, and is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So subscribe to join the conversation and learn something new about Frugal Living. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details.
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. And now it's time for... The The Lightning lightning Round! round. Beep, boop, boop! Okay, so... For today's lightning round, we always get a little bit vulnerable, and Jill hates it. Because I'm a counselor as my day job, so uh, love vulnerability, just not my own. But she's so good at it, and that's why I try and get her to do it. So today we're talking about um, our Roth IRA opening stories. And Barbara, I know I didn't ask you specifically if you had a like funny or interesting one, but like Jill and I have interesting stories around opening our Roth IRAs, but really any funny or interesting um, retirement account story that you have, you can share with us. Sure. So I learned about combating interest at 16. It was on the Today Show. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I used to watch the Today Show when I got ready. You know, before Thank you, Today Show. Thank you, Today Show. And so they did it. And it was like, if you're 16 and you put away this amount of money, you'll be a millionaire. And I was like, wow, that sounds great. So my dad was my financial advisor, obviously. And so I gave him the money. And I found out when I went to go to for college uh, that he never put it in a Roth. He put it in a 529 <laughs> to help pay for my college. I was like helping fund my college, which is not what I was planning on. So I had to open another one, which is fine. But I was just like, Dad, that's not what I asked for. Oh, he was not like being a fiduciary in that moment. <laughs> he did what he, he was working was in, bad. in yeah. his best interest. Like, we, need to, <laughs> we need to pay for college before you stay for retirement. But it's fine. So now I have a wow. Roth. I opened my own Roth, but yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's good. Shout out to parents. All right, so mine would be when we – so we paid off all of our debt. We paid off all of our student loans and everything. And we put our like head in the sand for two years to get this done. And then when we came out, we were like, okay, well, now it's time to start investing. And we knew nothing about investing. Like our parents didn't – well, my parents didn't do it. Neither of our parents talked about it to me or my husband. So like we – just went with this dude that led a financial peace university class because we're like, oh, that's this seems appropriate. And he sells investments. And so we sat down and we had a meeting and the whole meeting, I'm like, this feels weird. Like this feels there's only four options. Like so. And it just like some of these fees feel weird. And I had no reason to think that like nowhere in my like I had never heard of an index fund. I'd never heard of anything. But then, so, like, where do you go when you feel weird and you want to learn stuff? 
You go to YouTube. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> when you feel weird, you, you want to learn stuff, you want to exercise, just go to YouTube. Yeah. You go to YouTube. Um, and that's where I went. And I don't, it's so bizarre. I don't know why. Like, I wouldn't go to YouTube now to learn about investing uh, unless it was like Forex and options and stuff. But I did go there. And um, I ended up hearing, this is way before I ever started a podcast, but I heard a video from Joe Saul Cihai of Stacking Benjamins and Paula Pant of Afford Anything, and they were talking about index funds. And that one YouTube video, it wasn't even like a video of them. It was just a clip of a single podcast. I don't even know which podcast it was, hers or his, I don't know. And uh, that led me to say like, okay, I'm going to do it myself. I can do it myself. I'm going to do it myself. So I called the guy. I was like, hey, you can take care of my husband's investments, but like, I'm going to do it myself. And he's like, well, we can't really do that. Um, and I was like, okay, then I'm doing it all. <laughs> and that was my last conversation with that man. Hey, I think it's so good that you went with your gut. Because if you are meeting with somebody and you don't have a good feeling, you should 100% leave. And then I feel like if they're ever pressure selling you on something, like you need to do it today or you need to rush it, also never a good sign. There is no rush mm -hmm. with this stuff. Mm. Yeah. Good tips. Yeah, that is a great tip. And I don't even know if they were pressuring me. I just got like a weird feeling. So, and I wasn't even, I, I knew nothing about retirement. So thank you to Joe Salcihai and Paula Pant. Uh, I know you, you're not listening, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they might be. They might be. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe this will get back to them. I'm seeing a theme run through this, and it's making me realize the influence that, that we have as people in this space. For you, Barbara, the Today Show turned you on to investing. Jen, it was YouTube videos. For me, it was a podcast. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we just get more and more progressive with it. But I opened a Roth IRA because Jen was like, hey, we have this affiliate link through personal capital. And if you open a Roth IRA, like with some company, I mean, I used Vanguard at the time, and you put $1,000 or more into it, then we can get this referral link and then we can post it to our audience and yada yada. So that, that was why I did it to be able to get the $20 Amazon gift cards that came through the referral link. Oh, the referral link didn't even end up working, but I was like, ah, well, whatever. No, they wouldn't got, give you one. No, they wouldn't. I was like, you, you don't know me. I've got a podcast and we have this many downloads. And they were still just like, mm, whatever. But they did give you the $20 Amazon gift card. Eventually, we got at least one $20 yeah. Amazon gift card. Anyhow, uh, that was why. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess I have this Roth IRA now. But that was it. I opened it. I put $1,000 in. Okay, you go, you all know where this is going, those of you who, who know anything about this stuff. That's all I did. I opened up a Vanguard account, put $1,000 in it, and left it. And then I start hearing Jen talk about, oh, man, the number one mistake that people make is just opening one up and not choosing where to invest. And I'm like, I don't know. Did I do that? Probably. If, if there's a number one mistake, I probably made it. <laughs> but then I was, I was too nervous to ask anybody. So I start YouTubing. 
that's where you go, right? <laughs> like Jen said, that's where you go when you're like nervous yeah. and, and something doesn't feel right. <laughs> but no one want, no one was answering that question. Like once it's in there, what do I do with it? Everyone wants to talk about like, here's how you go to Vanguard and set up an account. I'm like, I'm not that much of a dummy. Like I know how to do that. Now I want to figure out how to invest it. Where do I go? And then Jen, I remember you saying that you did a video on it. So then I was searching your channel looking for your video. I couldn't find it. That's a sidebar. You might want to make it more obvious. <laughs> Anyhow, then one night I was hanging out at Jen's house and I finally worked up the courage to say, so I don't think mine's actually invested. And she was like, all right, let's check it out. And she like logs on. She's like, sure enough. Nope. It's been sitting in here for a whole year. Oh, no. Not doing anything. <laughs> and it was more complicated than I thought. She's like typing in all these numbers and letters capitalized. And I'm like, how as a normal person would I have ever been able to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, n- yeah. Like, I'm not a dummy, but that was complicated. It felt complicated to me anyway. Taking the investments, I feel like is more intimidating than it needs to be. I can't give any help on that, unfortunately, just because of where being licensed. But there is an easy way to have like a formula to do. There's like some easier ways to do it. And there's some like auto plans that kind of take care of it for you. But yeah, that I would say that's one of the big mistakes. And then the other one I would say is not putting a beneficiary on it. You mm, put a beneficiary. I did do that. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> that's good. I do have a beneficiary. Yeah, we checked that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it is definitely, especially with like the discount online brokers that, uh, you know, that most people go with the Vanguard and the Fidelity. It's there's probably I mean, I think there's a reason why they're low cost is because they don't have a super like tech friendly, intuitive um, and I think they have like interface 8000 options or something. Mm -hmm. Like when you go to search, there's like so many investment options. Yes. So yeah, I mean, it's, it is complicated, but there are definitely ways to simple ways to, to do that for yourself if that's what you want to do. Otherwise you can go with a robo advisor and they will do it for you. So yeah, yeah, man, thank you, Barbara, so much for sharing all of your wisdom. Seriously, you are so, and, and we didn't even like touch the surface of like everything, you know, so like, where can people get more from you? Sure. So you can follow um, us on Instagram. It's probably the best Future Rich Podcast on Instagram. And then we also have a website, futurerichpodcast.com. We created a Roth IRA or Roth. Actually, we call it all about Roths because it's not just about the Roth IRA. Download Mm. for the listeners. So yeah. Yeah. So and where can people get that? I didn't. It's not in color. It's in a color PDF. So um, on our website, you can get it. So at futureridgepodcast.com and it's, you put in your email address and then you'll get the download on all things Roth. I love it. Nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Barbara, for sharing all this, for holding our vulnerabilities and being kind with us. It's good to have a friend in this space and thanks for sharing all of your knowledge. Well, some of your knowledge. <laughs> thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. That was fun. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I would say that after a talk about retirement accounts, but you know, I had fun. Yeah, no, Barbara just put a lot of insight out on the table. And I hope that even if you did kind of know what a Roth IRA was or you'd heard of one, I hope that after this episode, like you feel confident about it and you have that baseline education because there are so many things that you can do on your own. You don't have to know everything about investing to start investing. Yeah. And if you're like Barbara, Jen, or myself and hearing this causes a spark in you to go open and invest into a retirement account, please let us know. Uh, We're always hanging out in the Frugal Friends community group on Facebook, and we love to hear these updates and what the podcast has inspired you to do or just the smart financial things that you're doing on your own, how you're being frugal, all these things. Absolutely. And thank you so much for listening. So we want to thank you for downloading the episode, subscribing, and leaving your kind reviews. It is the best way you can support the show without spending a penny because it lets people know that we're a legit show. And for every one-star review that complains about our voice and our laugh, we have a bunch of you giving us five-star reviews about how cool the content is. So kind of like this one from AM Wheel, and it just happens to be five stars. And they say, do Jen and Jill have a secret? I love This one is, get ready for this, Jill. I listened to this podcast with my boyfriend. He said it sounded like two June Diane Raphaels talking about money, and he understood why I like it. June has historically been my doppelganger, so I'm feeling a little threatened. (laughs) But whether it's Jen and Jill or simply two Junes, this is the best and most bingeable personal finance podcast. Do I wish I was June number three on the cast? Obviously. Has a global pandemic normalized pretending I am June number three because we're all hard pressed for socialization right now? Or are June and June that friendly and warm in their convos that everyone pretends to do this and we do it anyway, even if there wasn't a pandemic? I guess you'll just need to listen to find out. If you start lolling or making comments out loud, welcome June number four. A for sure Hall of Fame one. A gas. I think that's the best word. Jaw dropped, probably because all them jawbreakers on the bus. But also so excited. I think I even have tinges of goosebumps with how amazingly written, how connected, how thoughtful and funny and witty and adorable who knew I, that a review could hold and contain so much? Yeah. I So I actually had to Google June Diane Raphael, and uh, she's an actress who has starred on comedy programs such as Burning Love, Something on Adult Swim, and Grace and Frankie. So, and yes. yeah. And she's beautiful. So like to have her as a doppelganger is a blessing. Oh, well done, AM Wheel. AM Wheel, whoever you are. Good you for are the you. third. Good for you. Yeah, you are our third. And welcome to any June number four. <laughs> welcome. You are safe here. <laughs> to all you June number fours, we want to thank you, our friends, who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode and tag us on Facebook or Instagram, we're adding you to the monthly drawing. For every five tags and reviews we get each month, we're giving away a copy of the Frugal Friends Workbook. It's just where you can get more from us, more content. 
more of our ideas, some of the visuals, the thoughts. It's really questions. good. Yeah. It's good. Do it with a friend. Yeah. So keep leaving us reviews on iTunes or Stitcher, whether they are groundbreaking or very simple. We will take either. Send us a screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to tag us on social. We see it. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Jen, I feel like there's so many things that we could follow up on right now. YouTube, you being my own personal retirement financial planning expert, Italian food that you got for free for Kai last night. I don't know. I mean, what do you want to say? I will say, okay, okay, so on the Italian food, we went in there. We had. <laughs> I'm going to pick food. Yeah, so sorry. I support this. <laughs> we went in there and we had to buy one, get one free promo. And we went in there on Kids Eat Free Day and we're like feeling good about ourselves. And then at the end of the dinner, the waiter's like, I'm sorry, you can only use one of these promos at a time. And we're like, <gasps> we would not have fed our child if we'd known that. Yes. And that totally. So what did you choose? Well, we chose the buy one get one free because ours were more expensive. But like we definitely could have fed him from our plates. Yes. you know That's what you normally do. Yes. And so uh, it was a sad time because um, mm. we thought we were doing so well. And then everything came crashing down in an instant. Did you at least have leftovers? Yes, which I ate for lunch today. And I also got a a glass of wine happy hour promo. So it was actually – I didn't realize it was happy hour promo. So I got for half off. And so there was a win there. Mm. Okay. So there were so many – there were so many wins, but, like, they were just eclipsed by the major loss. (laughs) The takeaway here is ask about all your coops from the beginning yes i mean it's a rookie mistake but it really is you should ask how many promos can i stack in this one meal yes it can be embarrassing at first but you keep living that frugal lifestyle and eventually it tears down all your pride and ego and you're just ready to put the coops on the table ask about their deals ask about how much things are when there's no prices listed next to it that is a big pet peeve of mine hate that how are you going to list all this stuff on your menu and not put a price next to it? I just won't go to that restaurant. If I see, if I look at a menu and there's no prices next to it, I'll leave. Oh, I ask. I don't have any pride. How much is this? Oh, and how much I is this? Leave. Oh, and how much no, is this? No, because I know, I just know that it's high. If it's not going to, if you ain't going to write it down, there's a it's reason. It's probably high. Yeah. And I don't want to be here for that. <laughs> and it's usually at these like, middle of the road restaurants too, where it's not like you're attracting the super wealthy. Like why, why keep it a secret? Talking about secrets. Those are the secrets that annoy me. The pricing. For sure. <laughs> yeah, just be transparent. Yeah. So I can know that I'm not going to order it. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.